Hey everybody, welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. I'm Christy Brower, here with my sister, partner in crime, and co-host, Katie Weaver. Hey Katie. Hello. How's it going? Um, It's going pretty good. I'm going to give you all a warning that my little uh, ancient chihuahua Skippy is having a big fight with his blanket here in my office. He has a bed in here, so if you can hear some... (laughs) Whining and struggling going on. That's him. He's he's had a rough afternoon, unfortunately. Oh, oh has he? Uh-oh, what happened? I'm a terrible mother. He had a bit of an accident. Um, oh, no. It's been really melty today. Our snow is melting like crazy. Yeah. And in front of my front step is just a huge puddle of ice water, like slushy ice cold water. And it's a couple inches deep. Ooh. So... I was putting him out to potty today and I put him down on the bottom step, which I he's blind. So we have a whole system. You know, I put him down on the bottom step. He jumps down. He potties. He turns around. He comes straight back in. And we do pretty well with that most of the time. Last week, he got off course and got stuck in a snowbank and couldn't get out and was digging the wrong direction. And when I finally got to him, he dug clear to the grass and was totally stuck. So, you know, it's not without its issues because, you know, not only is he blind, but he's on some pretty... Uh, Oh, pretty wooey uh, seizure medicine. So he's pretty bonkers too. You know, he's just a crazy little old grandpa living out his days and we adore him, but you know, he's, (laughs) he's kind of got his issues. But anyway, I put him on the bottom step and kind of over to the side where he should have been able to just jump down right onto where it's more ice and not like that big puddle, but some snow that's uh, melting off the house, a big drop dripped on his back and startled him. And that made him kind of flip around and back up and fell off the step. And it's not a big fall. That's a, not a fall risk. But he fell right into the puddle on his side and then turned onto his back and then was like a turtle stuck on his back. Couldn't get up kicking, flipping water everywhere. He was absolutely drenched in ice water. Oh, so skippy. And I'm trying to get to him and stand him up. I mean, obviously, the whole thing only took a you know a few seconds, but... I, as I get to him, he finally stands up and then he still has to potty out there. And then I brought him in and wrapped him in a towel, but he shook for an hour. He was so cold. I oh, felt terrible. So guy. anyway, now he's in here fighting his blankies and <laughs> that's his normal <laughs> MO. But anyway, so poor little Jones, he's had a bit of a tough afternoon. He sure has. Darn it. Yeah. But the backyard's no better. So, you know. It's what do you do? Your poison, right? (laughs) Yeah, we are melting right now, too. Same thing. We'll go through that whole phase now. Yeah, yeah. The kids are in heaven. Yeah. Getting more bare spots in the backyard. They've been out laying against the fence and sunning themselves, and they really like it. But yeah, my poor little Skip, he is not so much for him. (laughs) (laughs) My little dogs are doing the same along our fence where it's melted. They're loving it. Yeah. Yep, that part feels super good. And the sun feels wonderful. It does. Yeah, really I'm, wonderful. I am a huge fan. And just want to say welcome to Patsy and RJ and Bianca and Cami joining the live stream. Nice to have you guys yeah. here. This is, of course, our Wednesday night case update. We go live every Wednesday. Yes, it is. And we like to talk about what's happening with cases we're currently covering. And sometimes we share stuff from old cases that have been solved. But we actually have quite a bit to cover tonight. Just about mostly shenanigans going on in the Daybell Vallow case because mm-hmm. of course there are. Yeah. Um, but we have a very we have a very special treat for you guys because <laughs> yeah, we do. living where this case is happening pays off on a regular basis, and you're gonna see why mm-hmm. here in a few minutes. So <laughs> we, we are going to share something pretty darn priceless with you that you're probably not gonna hear anywhere, anywhere else. else. No. No, this is probably a scoop that, yeah, no other true crime podcaster is going to have, at least not the original audio of. So <laughs> maybe they'll steal ours, but they might. Yeah. It's possible. But mm-hmm. hey, Jennifer and Terry coming in. Let's get started because we have a, quite a bit. So we've got, we do. we've got some stuff going on in the Daybell Vallow case we wanted to talk mm-hmm. about. Now, just a reminder that this is in regards to... J.J. Vallow and Tylee Ryan, who were found deceased and buried in the backyard of Chad Daybell in June of last year. 
-hmm. Their mother is Lori Vallow Daybell. And we've been covering this case from the beginning because it happened not very far from Katie's house, unfortunately. So right now, Chad and Lori are in jail awaiting trial on conspiracy to uh, conceal and destroy evidence. And then Chad is also charged with the actual concealing and destroying of evidence. Uh, They have not been charged with murder yet. And of course there are many other deaths around them that, you know, we have lots of questions about, but right now there's a lot of stuff going on back and forth between their attorneys. And we've had a lot of fun talking about uh, Mark Means, who is Lori Vallow's attorney and uh, John Pryor, who's Chan Daybell's attorney. And they've given us a lot of entertainment. And then of course we have prosecutor Rob Wood, who is prosecuting this case. So you may know that a couple of weeks ago we covered a hearing where um, Mark Means had done. <laughs> Sorry, I have to say, Cammy says was it means zooming as a jackass. You know, I think that's just his regular <laughs> face. Um, it's not even, he doesn't even have to get you know the cat filter or whatever. That's just his regular face. So it's there was me, this- Your Honor. I'm not a jackass. Yeah. No, I'm sure you are. Yes, yeah. yeah, you are. Um, a couple of weeks ago, so they were in court trying to compel uh, Prosecutor Wood to give them some stuff that he had already given them. It was just this big, petty thing, okay? Well, I think they've poked the bear a few too many times because there's some stuff going down now. So mm-hmm. now uh, Prosecutor Wood has filed an order to compel, a motion to compel on um, Mark Means. To give, so we have a hearing coming up at the end of the month on the 22nd that is a motion to change venue because these cases have been joined. Mm-hmm. Now they want to change the venue and get them out of our community, which is wise because there is no one here who does not know what this case is. So, Katie, you had some really good information about what this actually is. So, do you want to share that? Yeah. So, there were quite a few filings, but this one came out on the 24th. And this was, yeah, this was Rob Wood filing, uh, basically filing to request a witness. So he wants remote testimony from, uh, well, not from an expert witness. He's asking for a motion for remote testimony so that this witness doesn't have to travel, which I'm assuming is kind of a formality anyway, since we're pretty much zooming. But the person that he wants to bring in as an expert witness is Rhonda Harper. So I found Rhonda Harper on LinkedIn. According to LinkedIn, she is out of Dallas, Texas. She is an expert witness from Harper Litigation Consulting and Research. So I believe that this will be her, you know, weighing in on whatever the prosecution's uh, position is here on moving the case or not. So that is, that was the first thing that he uh, filed was just uh, basically asking the court to allow her to testify remotely rather than the state needing to bring her in, which again is probably a technicality considering, you know, that we're zooming at this rate anyway. Right. That was the first thing that he asked for. Yeah. So then he filed wanting to know, wanting to allow expert witness from Mr. David Bryant of Ironwood Insights to also appear at the motion to transfer by Zoom, wants him by Zoom as well. And, um, you know, why don't we, do you want to talk a little bit about what Ironwood Insights is? Yeah, now Ironwood Insights was has been hired by Mark Means. Yes. So Mark Means is also asking the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that his uh, witness also be remote. So Ironwood Insights is a company, they're a big company, They're a big consulting and research design company. They do research design, data collection, and analytics and reporting. So recently, they were hired by Mark Means and and maybe by both of the defense. I'm not sure on that. But uh, basically to do some, gather some data in this area to find out whether or not uh, it's really going to be okay to have the trial here, whether their clients can get a fair trial. So what they were doing was basically telemarketing. 
Yeah. And so I had said <laughs> to my kids, I was talking to my son on the phone and I said, if anyone gets a call from them, I want you to record it, please. And while I'm talking to him, he's like, hold on, I'm getting a call. That could be one of my coaches. He comes back on, he's like, oh, that's weird. Some guy asking me if I wanted to do a research about, uh, oh, 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 about uh, law enforcement in the area. And he, he said, I told him no. And I was like, huh, that's weird. I'm not kidding. Less than 60 seconds later, my daughter comes dashing in the room, grabs my phone, hangs up on my son and starts my camera and lays it on the table because guess who she's got on the phone? Ironwood Insights. That's who called him too. Yeah. Sadly, I looked through my phone and discovered they'd called me that day too. And I hadn't answered because I was on the phone with a client. So I missed my chance, but we did get to listen to Mars talking to them. Um, I will admit she messed around with them. Uh, That's the problem with these kinds (laughs) of uh, surveys is no one is compelled to be honest. They can say whatever the hell they want, which she did mostly because I wanted her to keep them on the phone for a minute and kind of (coughs) for them. But the Mm -hmm. first question was, would you be willing to answer a survey about criminal justice in your area? And she said, yes. And then offered her own opinion about criminal justice in this area. (laughs) The guy was like, okay, well, actually, I wanted to ask you some specific questions. And she was like, oh, okay. And this is when we started recording. So we're going to play it for you guys. You can't see anything because my phone was just flat on the table, but you can hear the the conversation. So we'll, we'll just let you listen. Yeah. Oh, well, that's weird. Did we start partway through? Or is that all we had? I think that might be all we had. Dang. Well, that's weird. I had a whole. I've only got 15 seconds of it or something. You know what? Mm. I know why. I Mm. have the rest of it. I forgot that we actually made two recordings. And then now I just put her phone number on the internet because I recorded the wrong thing. (laughs) I uploaded the wrong thing for you guys. We'll have to fix that. Uh. So actually, let's keep going. I can still get it. I have it. Okay. We're just going to keep going and talk about some other stuff. (laughs) And then we're going to come back to this thing that we said was really cool that no one else has. Because we really do still have it. We really do still have it. Okay. So there was another filing. This was very interesting. So in a couple of weeks ago when they were in court and Mark Means was crying his eyes out about not getting all the stuff that he wanted. From the prosecutor's office. Here's the thing that you have to understand. The prosecutor's office has given him a hard drive that's like two terabytes of information. It is not that he doesn't have this information. What he wants is for them to break it down for him so that he doesn't have to go looking for it. That's really the whole point of this. Mm -hmm. Because he's a big whiny baby and he doesn't have a... <clears throat> any office staff or anyone to help him. And so he doesn't want to have to sift through two terabytes of information. He wants them to, you know, send him a collated list. So mm-hmm. here's what they're asking for. And I found this super interesting. So, <clears throat> so this hearing was on January, January 8th. This was the motion to compel. And so he has, uh, and, He only has a few more days to get all of this in. So here's what he's asking for. He wants the special prosecutor to state whether he personally has met with the following witnesses or prospective witnesses. And then he wants to say when and what did they talk about? Lori Daybell, Chad Daybell, Alex Cox, who was long dead before this case was even a thing. um, Zulema Pastenis. All of the Daybell children, Zulema Pestetis, of course, is Lori's sister-in-law, was uh, Alex's wife for a very short period of time. So let's look at the rest of this list. Uh, Tammy Daybell, also, what? Tammy was dead long before any of this was anything. So this list is really strange. Um, Adam Cox and children of Adam Cox. Adam is um, Lori's brother. Colby Ryan. Kelsey Ryan, that's uh, Lori's son and daughter-in-law. 
parents of Chad Daybell, parents of Tammy Daybell, parents of Lori Daybell, Melanie Gibb, Summer Shiflett, and any family members, so that's any family members of Lori, David Warwick, Larry Woodcock, Kay Woodcock, April Raymond, Annie Cushing, who is Tylee's aunt, who on Facebook said, I have never been a witness in this case in any, I have no idea why I'm on this list. I've never talked to anybody. Um, <clears throat> Melanie Pulaski, who is Lori's niece, Ian Pulaski, Brandon Brudreau, who is Melanie Pulaski's ex-husband, Heather Daybell, and Matthew Daybell. This is a bizarre list of people, some of whom are dead, some of whom have never been called as a witness, some of whom, you know, there's just all kinds of weird stuff going on here about why would he have ever spoken to <clears throat> Tammy Daybell about this case? She was dead in September of 2019. Um. Alex Cox, who was dead in December of 2019, both of which, this was even before this case was a thing. Why would he have spoken to any of either of them? And then other people on this list who, um, you know, have never been on a witness list anywhere. So really interesting. It's really a lot of, um, it's a lot of testing to see what the prosecutor knows and who the prosecutor has talked to. There's really a lot um, going on here that is just the, it's the process, it's the defense trying to figure out what the prosecution knows. And it's also just the defense being lazy as hell because they have all of this. It's just in a big tons of files that they should have to go through themselves. Cause I don't know, that's their job. <laughs> Cammy says, are they thinking the dead can speak? Oh wait, that's where you guys come in. Yeah. Maybe we should, uh, you know, do a session with, uh, Lori or with, uh, Tammy Daybell and with, um, <clears throat> Alex Cox. Right. Good Lord. Seeing Tammy on that list really made me laugh. I was like, why though? Right. Well, and Alex, like the prosecutor's office wasn't involved in this case at the time that he died. Why would they have spoken to him? Right. It's super weird. And then like um, Annie Cushing, who is uh, Tylee's aunt, has said that she's never spoken to anyone. No one's ever asked to talk to her. So why is she on that list? Right. But also, why did they spell Tammy Daybell's name wrong? Mm -hmm. More than once. They did. <clears throat> I noticed that too. I yeah, mean, it's, I know it's just, I mean, that's a small thing, but it's not, you right. know? I mean, ultimately, these are details that count. And as always, things are done incorrectly. Yeah. But yeah, putting dead people on the list that you would know he never spoke to because, right. again... I mean, why? they were unfortunately well, that JJ and Tylee aren't on the list. Right, yeah. right. I know. I So here's what the here's what the order says. For those individuals, the special prosecutor identifies as having met or convened conversed with the special prosecutor shall identify to the best of his recollection the date and time of such meeting or conversation with the specific witness and list the names of any other person present for or a party to such conversation or meeting mm -hmm. furnish the defendant, the statements made by the prosecution witnesses or prospect prospective prosecution witnesses to the prosecuting attorney furnish to the defendant, a copy of any written or recorded statements of the witness or prospective witnesses. It's crazy. Yeah. So he has 14 days from the 17th uh, <clears throat> to do that. Yeah. Which is just, it's just interesting because it's just like, it's, they want secretarial work out of the prosecutor's office, really, uh -huh. is what That's they're exactly asking for. exactly what they're asking for. And yeah. it's, it's so dumb. Well, and not to beat a bed, dead horse, but they also spelled David Warwick. That's David Warwick, not David Warwick. That's what I that thought when I said it. I'm like, that. I think that's wrong. So, and again, petty as hell, but how compelled are they to turn over stuff when they are asking for the wrong thing? Right. And they can't even bother to spell anybody's name. Right. They have no one named David Warwick on their list. I mean, it's again, it's petty and it's stupid, but at the same time, it's ridiculous that they can't even have an adequate witness list that has right. the names of all of the people they want to talk to spelled correctly. 
or even have their correct name. Right. Warwick and Warwick are two different names. Right. Like who? Okay. Well, he doesn't have to provide that because he never talked to a David Warwick. Right. Uh, Red Girl says it's like Means just listed every name he ever heard in court. I'm surprised he didn't list <laughs> list his own name. Right. Me too. And then he didn't <laughs> spell it incorrectly. <laughs> this list so, is yeah. just—it's just wild. Like some of it, I'm like, no thought, no thought at all. About well, this. they are just determined to prove some way, somehow, that the prosecutor has been coaching everybody. Yes. But they also keep trying to insinuate that the prosecutor is not allowed to talk to anybody. And that's not true. No, it's not true at all. It's so weird. His, uh, you know, their means must get some idea in his head of how he thinks the law is, whether it's correct or not. And he just can't stop. No. It's and- crazy. Of course, the prosecutor has talked to people. That that is his job, because yeah. he is forming the prosecutor's the prosecution's case. Yeah, like hello, that's his job. So weird. Craig, he says maybe he's just doing what Laurie is telling him to do. That could be. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It does make you wonder where some of this comes from. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of it is laziness, though. That he just doesn't want to have to do the job. He doesn't want to have to. Uh, you know, he, he does not have time to go through all of that data. So he's trying to find a way to force them to do it for him. Right, right. Yeah. Like here, this is all the important stuff I need. Make me a list. Mm-hmm. I'm like, really, dude? Like you can't. This is how incompetent you are that you mm-hmm. can't go through this stuff yourself. I really hope that once it is all returned to him, and I don't know how all these briefs work, so I don't know that it will be, but right. that the prosecution files something with the court, you know, stating we have now turned over all of these things they asked for on this date. We also turned them over on this date and this date, you know, to be able to go yeah. again. We have already given them these things. We're now giving them to them over again so that, you know, if there's another motion to compel, they can come back and say, you know, this is getting ridiculous. Yeah. We keep is. giving you the information you're asking for. Even when they were in court in the, uh, you know, the motion to compel, the prosecutor's office said, we sent you a ton of stuff last week. And he admitted to the judge that he hadn't had time to go through it yet. He didn't actually even know what he had. No. Well, and he also did not have a full list of names. This is the list of names that he finally mm-hmm. got to Prosecutor Wood because he didn't even mm-hmm. have it in the hearing. Like, what the hell, no. dude? When he d- And the prosecutor and the judge mm-hmm. asked him. <laughs> Who, who are you asking for? Well, just everyone. Just everyone he's ever talked to. Just everyone. Basically, just everyone. And Wood was like, what? literally everyone I've ever talked to. Like, yeah. You might want to narrow that down a little bit, dum-dum. Yeah. Because he didn't even have an answer for that. I The whole thing is just so dumb. But right. again, we are talking about yeah, some serious inadequacy here. But anyway, <laughs> I don't know. I think it's pretty interesting yet. And... It'll be interesting to see what we get. Well, and I'm very curious about some of the names on that list about why he wants to know if prosecutor mm-hmm. would talk to him and what he talked to him to them about and why. Like, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. curious about some of the, some of the names are obvious. They've already testified. We know what they have to say, but some of them haven't. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious about if he's just fishing to see what Woods mm-hmm. knows or mm-hmm. if this is, you know, just a game or what this is, because some of those mm-hmm. people have not as of yet given any evidence that, that mattered. Right. But that yeah, was right, one of Frankie, the- yeah, the barista at Starbucks too, because everyone. Yeah. Yeah. And they asked for like his grandmother's uh, hotmail account or something. He I did mean- say that. Well, and mm-hmm. he wanted, you know, if he's spoken to anyone on his personal cell phone and implying that he's like doing a bunch of stuff he's not supposed to be doing. And what's like, yeah, that's, I haven't talked to anybody on my personal cell phone about this case. Well, the thing if is, we did say it. something like, if my brother-in-law asks how the case is going, and I say, "Oh, it's going like they usually do," does that count? Do I have to include that? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. I mean, on one hand, we have Woods just doing his job, you yeah. know. On the other, we have these two that have no case, and so they're determined to just keep trying to nitpick and, you know, pick at the prosecutor because it's really all they have. Yeah. And the thing about it is Woods doesn't need to cheat. 
he mm-hmm. doesn't need to break the rules. Their case is pretty rock solid. Mm-hmm. And that's the snippet of stuff that we know of right. from the original, you know, the initial uh, the hearing. There is mm-hmm. so much more that, you know, we don't know about what should or, uh, you know, means should know about if he would open all those terabytes of info he has that I'm guessing mm-hmm. he's, you know, hasn't, Maybe you know, but it, it into his computer. Is it possible yeah. this is a tech issue? <laughs> um, it's very possible. Yellow Moon Dreams wants to know what sort of evidence do we think the prosecutor has that wasn't in the discovery? Aha! I'm glad you asked. Mm. I think that one of the things they have that we don't know about yet are all of the pings from Lori's cell phone yes. and from Chad's cell phone and where and when on Chad's property they were pinging. Yeah, I think those are things that we don't know about yet that are going to be very insightful. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's super important. Yep. We've been saying for a year that it would be the tech that Mm -hmm. takes them down. And that is proving to be true. I just, that's where it's at for me. It is. Yes. And that's, that's really where it was with, with the FBI um, tech guys in the preliminary hearing for Chad that, Mm -hmm. I mean, exactly on the property where they were in comparison to where they found the bodies. I mean, there's mm-hmm. going to be a lot there, but I also feel like there's going to be some, some of these names we're not as familiar with who know yeah. some things. Mm-hmm. These two are not criminal masterminds at all. No. They kids on his property. Okay. Mm-hmm. They have screwed up. They have told somebody something. There's, there are some people who know things that haven't mm-hmm. come forward yet. I really feel like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yellow moon dream says, I think so too. Rob Wood has a few aces up his sleeve. I, he does. And you know, mm-hmm. the, the defense is scared because they know he does. Mm-hmm. And, and the problem for the defense is they have no defense. What is their yeah. defense? They have none. I mean, it's her Al- children. Alex did it. Buried on his property. Yeah. The mm-hmm. only defense they have is Alex did it and he's dead now. Mm-hmm. Yep. Except that they're going to be able to prove where Chad and Lori were on those days that they were saying, mm-hmm. Chad, you know, that Alex did yep. it where they were. Yeah. I mean, you've got to consider they had enough evidence from Alex's pings to get those search warrants to find those kids. They did. That tells you a hell of a lot. Does. And so, but obviously they, they weren't going to get more than that, you yeah. know, in the preliminary because they didn't have to. Yeah. There's so much we don't know yet, but I really do feel that there are some other people involved here that know some things. And that's what some of these names on this witness list are, mm-hmm. are some bombshells we have not heard from yet. Mm-hmm. So I'm very, very curious to hear what they have to tell us because I feel like there's so much more mm-hmm. that we don't know. And, and I feel like that is just absolutely killing means and prior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's where a lot of this stuff is coming from is they're trying, mm-hmm. they're digging to see yeah. what do they know? Who have they talked to? Yeah. You know, well, the other thing that you have to consider is that means or, or Woods has talked to, victims families you got to remember some of these people might be called up as a witness in some way but like colby and colby's Mm -hmm. wife these are Mm -hmm. the families of the victim annie cushing Mm -hmm. the woodcocks the woodcocks yeah he has probably spoken to them in the context of being the families of the victims Right. You know, I mean, there's kind of a double edged hat or double edged hat. That's not a thing. <laughs> that is not a thing. <laughs> there's kind of two hats here, though, to wear, you know, in considering all of the things that we do or we don't know about this uh, situation. Anyway, I think that is uh, something that'll be interesting. Uh, that video is uploaded and ready now. I oh, apologize, good. you guys. That was okay. my own fault. We'll get to it in a minute. You know, one of the things back when they had the hearing trying to get Prosecutor Wood removed and he had the conversation with Lori's sister, Summer Shiflett, and that whole thing went down. One of the things that I found so interesting is how he was telling her, we know the mastermind behind all of this is Chad. We know that your sister fell victim to him. Mm -hmm. They're pushing to get Lori to turn. 
Yeah. They clearly have enough to know who was the, yeah, who was the driver of the bus of this situation. I found that really, really interesting that he shared that with her. He shared a lot with her that I felt like he was hoping she would run right back to her and tell her. Like, hey, your attorney is a dumbass. He needs a new one. You need a new one. And also, we know who the mastermind is here. If she will tell us what she knows, yeah, we can help her. And I, I found that very interesting. I know a lot of people are like, oh, Lori's so horrible. But, you know, we have thought for a long time mm-hmm. that Lori is so sucked in by Chad. She is still in jail, just dying over him and dying to have contact with him and missing him terribly. And she still very much is connected to the idea that this, she's following his plan. Oh, definitely. And she I had feel a like horrible, that's horrible meltdown at jail. Not that long ago, yeah. screaming and crying and begging to talk to her husband. Yeah. You know, she's definitely still strongly on team Chad. She is. She is. And that's interesting because I'm curious about Chad. Is he so much on team Lori? Yeah. Well, I think probably not considering Mm -hmm. that his attorney did not want a joinder because he said that that would be extremely uh, damaging to his clients. Yeah, a case, which doesn't make you think that he wants to be connected to her. Ah, It's pretty wild. Yeah, Yeah. it is. It is. And so that I I think we have to always remember that with this witness list is that's and, and, you know, maybe that's just what they wanted her to think. But I think it gave us a little peek into what how the defense is looking at this case. Yeah, we have uh, this audio up now. So. Just give us a little intro again. What is this? So this is uh, an example of what Ironwood Insights was doing in Rexburg. Uh, This was a phone call that they made to a family member of mine, and we just recorded it. And and like I said, we did have a little fun with them, which, you know, like it or don't, you maybe you won't. But (laughs) we ultimately, we have no obligation to be honest, you know, this is just a telemarketing call, but. Right. Anyway, we thought you guys might find it interesting to hear what they it's sounded like. It's kind of quiet, so you'll have to turn your volume up quite a bit. So, are you or any of your family members or close friends employed by the county court system? No. Okay. Um, do you or does any member of your household work for any television, radio, newspaper, or advertising agencies? No. Um, are you familiar with any crimes that happened in the Rexburg area over the last couple of years where two or more people were killed? Yeah. Okay. Um, do you remember any details about this crime or the people involved? Um, I remember Chad Daybell and Lori Vallow, and they killed their two children. Or at least that's what the rumor is. Gotcha. Um, so you said Chad and Lori yeah. Um, how closely would you say you've been following this crime, like, or how have you been following it? Um, like, I guess I, I just see what is like on the news. So not very closely. No, not really. Okay. Um, where do you I'm hear about it? Like newspaper, radio, television, internet. Um, probably mostly on the internet, like, like news articles and maybe a little bit of talk about it, like, just like at school. Gotcha. Um, if you were to say you lean one way or the other right now about the guilt or innocent of Lori and Chad, which way would you lean towards? Guilty or innocent? Uh, I have no idea because I don't, like, honestly know what exactly happened, so... I think I'd lean a little bit more guilty just because of what I've seen, but I'm not sure because of, I don't really exactly know what happened. Um, Do you think they'll definitely, oh yeah, I bet, whoops. Um, Do you think they will receive a fair trial in Madison County? Uh, Yeah, I think they could, for sure. 
Well, you're just about finished. I would just like to ask you a few questions just about yourself to um, get a good feeling about most people down there. Okay. Um, what was the last grade of school that you completed? Uh, I'm senior right now, so would that be like my junior year? Um, you can just go with uh, GED in college. Okay. So my GED. Okay. Um, and what is your uh, racial ethnicity? You don't have to. Okay. No, it's, we can. I'm okay. white or like Caucasian. We're ready to let this go now. Yeah. So that's the gist of it. Um, she seemed to forget that she's actually the editor of her school newspaper. <laughs> she actually did an article about Tylee in her newspaper, too. Uh, yeah, she was also among the media that was uh, at the uh, press uh, briefing site when the kids were found. That's along with right. Me. Mm -hmm. um, that made me laugh after. I'm like, you do know you're the media, right? And she went, oh, yes, I am. Okay, but we said no because we wanted to hear the rest of his questions. So anyway, that's essentially what that sounded like. And yeah, we were uh, we were racking our brains for another two dead people in this town so that we could throw that out there instead of uh, JJ and Tylee, but we couldn't come up with anything. So, well, he clearly, you know, he switched to, okay, so do you think Chad and Lori are going to get a fair trial? That kind of thing. He mm -hmm. knew. Knew. That was very leading. Yeah. Yeah. So we just thought you guys might find that uh, fairly interesting. You know, that that's what their little, uh, that's what Ironwood Insights is coming to testify about is that interview yeah. that they had with locals. With locals. Very and I don't know where they got all of our phone numbers from, but I know that three people in my household were called. Yeah. Interesting. Very yeah. interesting. <laughs> Cammie says, I would play this to the hilt. Seriously, she should have said, my mom and aunt talk to the dead, and no. <laughs> and, um, well, all the questions about, do you know much about this case, and where do you hear about it? And I'm like, because uh, your mom never stopped talking about it, and <laughs> your mom and your aunt have done, like, 40 episodes on this case on their podcast. Like, oh, so funny. Uh, we're the worst. That was just so serendipitous that that call came, and we were able to record it. I just mm -hmm. think it's fascinating. You know, before that, they had already tried this once before. There was a woman walking around St. Anthony, which you guys, if you don't know St. Anthony, which you probably don't, that is an itty bitty town yeah. that um, I don't know who, how many people she could have possibly come across just wandering through town with a clipboard. That is yeah. so weird to me. But anyway, asking people if they, what they knew about the case and essentially, the prosecutor and the judge agreed that that study that they did wasn't uh, really uh, going to be okay or admissible because the questions that they asked were inappropriate. But mm -hmm. honestly, I kind of think Ironwood's questions were inappropriate. They're towards the end. You know, I don't um, know. It kind of got to the point where it obviously she had said the right case. And so then he kind of dropped mm -hmm. the whole spiel a little bit, but I don't know. I do think Just, they will probably definitely, I mean, no, my bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. That kind of, yeah, that kind of got screwed up. Um, yeah. yeah. He, he kind of said the wrong thing a couple of times. So really interesting. Yeah. Just, I'd never, I mean, I know that they do these kinds of things, but I'd never experienced it before. So it's very cool to hear it. Like this is what they're calling and asking about just this sort of, open-ended yeah. hey do you, you know what about any bad guys in your town <laughs> you know kind of stuff it was pretty interesting mm -hmm. yeah 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 that's so wild so that's the update in the Dave Valo case of course we will keep an eye as always on the shenanigans going along and we're keeping a close eye on the uh on that witness list super curious about it uh mm -hmm. cam yes this is a part of the change of venue issue this is exactly what it is is yeah. that they've been doing some surveys to determine it's funny that they even have to do them because i'm pretty sure everybody can agree that they are not going to get a fair trial in this area and that they have to move it like mm -hmm. i don't even think the, the prosecutor wasn't even against that like we all know right everyone knows because yeah. everybody knows what has heard the stories and, you know, everything. So not just because it's a small town and not just because kids were buried on Chad's property, but because of the saturation of Mormons in this town, yes. like 
everybody knows, everyone is talking. It would be ludicrous really to think. And here's the thing. It would be more convenient for us if it happened here. Of course, it's all on Zoom anyway, so what does it matter? But the truth is, I would rather them move it because Mm -hmm. at this point, they probably should. My son goes to college uh, in the Boise area. And in one of his criminal justice classes right now, they were talking about, uh, well, they're choosing uh, topics for their final research paper uh, Mm -hmm. for the semester. And he threw that out there to his professor. He said, I think I am going to write about uh, mothers who harm their children and put my focus on the Daybell Vallow case. And his instructor knew the Daybell Vallow case. He's a retired police officer, but most of the kids in his class did not. Oh, interesting. And they, they, so he and his professor had this back and forth for like 10 minutes about the case. And people in his class were like, wait a minute, what happened? Who? And he called me and he's like, mom, seriously, most of the people in this class had no idea what we were talking about. Well, so maybe the Boise area is the place to go. I I feel like that's probably what's going to happen. Or maybe, maybe Twin Falls. I don't know how far they're going to take Twin Falls have been batted around. Yeah. And the truth is, we do not want a mistrial, right? Mm-hmm. We want these monsters to burn for what yeah. they have done. Well, we don't want them to every have every capacity. Yeah. 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 And no, they cannot move yeah. to a different state. This is a state trial. So it has to be in the state of Idaho. But I got to tell you, the state of Idaho is big. It's not yeah. big in people, but it is big in square footage. So there will be plenty mm-hmm. of places to take it where people aren't as familiar. Oh, my God. I mean, they could go to northern Idaho, like yes. up into the Coeur d'Alene area and be, you know, 10 hours from here by, yeah. by car. Yeah. I mean, they could they could go a long ways. I yeah. bet they go to the Boise area because that's the most populated mm-hmm. area in the state. Mm-hmm. And so they will have a much bigger tr- jury pool to choose from. And I feel like that's probably what they'll do. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Yellow Yellow Moondream says she saw that she saw the uh, survey lady walking down her street in St. Anthony. Did you? Okay, yep, we've heard that from several people. Yeah, Very interesting. Did you talk to her? She says no, that she didn't come to her door, but she saw her. Okay, very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would not just. I would not want to be that person wandering around St. Anthony knocking on people's doors because. No. No offense to St. Athenians at all, except for that, you know, people around here are super suspicious of everyone. Well, I wouldn't want to be that person of strangers. Yeah, of people that you don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. I wouldn't either. Interesting. I wouldn't want to do that in my in Rexburg either. People, (laughs) there's a group uh, on Facebook called Life in Rexburg. That is uh, mostly I am attending it because it is so freaking funny people in this town and the stuff that make them mad is so funny that it just every day. But anyway, it's very often on that page, people will be like, did anyone see someone knocking on their door, wandering around? What were they selling? Who were these people? There's a lot of suspicion around here. That's why it's so crazy that Chad and Lori got away with this shit because usually people are here are overly uh, monitoring each other. It's pretty wild that these two got away with all of that. Yeah. They, 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 before they got on anybody's radar, it happened pretty fast. Mm -hmm. I think. Well, yeah, we have sure. one more update for you, and this is in the Jessica Mast case. Yes. Um, what is Courtney's last name? I can't. So what? one of one of the people Courtney charged Courtney Almond. Courtney Almond. One of the people Almond. charged with the death of Jessica Mast. Go if you don't know what we're talking about. This is um, a child who was uh, beaten to death right before Christmas. Mm-hmm. It's a big thing. There's a, a there's a big religious part of this that we do have a uh, um, a playlist on it if you want to go see what yeah. we're talking about but so yeah. Courtney Almond who is one of the people charged with this child's murder mm-hmm. uh, came up for uh, a bail hearing this past week yeah and they were trying to get so Jessica's parents Mary and James have both um, been bonded out on ankle monitors. They are involved. Um, Courtney was trying to get the same treatment, $500,000 bond and out on an ankle monitor. And everyone was there. Her family was there ready to pay the bond and, you know, like do all the stuff, which just kind of makes me want to vomit. And she was going to go home to her parents and, you know, all this stuff. Yeah. The judge said, no, you're sitting your ass in jail. You killed a four-year-old. 
So I was happy to see that they did not let her out. Yep. There was also um, kind of an indication that there's more charges coming. Yes, that was the other indication is a reason to not let her out was that potentially the charges are going to be elevated was the word mm-hmm. they used. And so that's really mm-hmm. interesting um, that something's, yep. you know, else is coming. So that's in the Jessica Mass case. We're continuing to watch that closely as it's um, a scary one and has some very weird um, similarities to the Daybell Vallow case, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So we yeah. will be keeping you updated on it. Yeah, but I was really glad to hear that. Interestingly, the other man that's been charged in that case, he, his court days just keep getting pushed back, partly because he didn't have an attorney. And he does now, but he was supposed to have court the same day that Courtney did, and they pushed it back again. And it just doesn't look to me like he's really trying to get bail. He doesn't seem to be, you know, pushing for the same stuff that, uh, you know, that court that Jessica's parents are or that Courtney Almond was pushing for. I, I'm pretty sure he knows he's not getting bail. I mean, she seriously thought so? she was getting bail, which is beyond me. Where really? the hell are these people getting their money? Yeah. This is what kills me. On a $500,000 bond, you are going to pay the bail bondsman somewhere between 10 and 15%. That's not money you get back. That's not a deposit. That's a payment. So in both cases, in both cases of the mass parents, somebody paid at least 50K to get them released. So so someone has paid more than $100,000 to get these two um, off on bail. Right. They're out on bail. And now they were prepared to pony up money like that again to to get Courtney out. Like, holy shit, that is a lot of money that you don't get back. That really slays me. But I guess I'm just a broke ass bitch because seriously, even if I put up my house, it wouldn't be enough money. Like it's it's a crazy amount of money. It is a crazy amount of money. Yeah. So I that one slayed me. The other thing is that her parents lived in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. So were they really going to asking for her to be released to her parents in another state? state. There's no way in hell they were going to do that. But no. or were they going to move to Missouri to? Yeah. I don't know. Tammy says no. so. She's going to get bail, and Lori gets a cell phone. Right? Look at these women that. <laughs> Are involved in the deaths of children and so full of yeah. themselves. They think they're so special. What mm-hmm. the hell? Yeah. Well, um, oh, I just wanted to say that um, Kel, uh, photography, photography says, like Scott Peterson's case, I don't think they will find anywhere to have a fair trial. Right. He's being retried on. Yeah. He's being retried. I can't freaking believe this has happened with Scott Peterson. Oh, yeah. but he's being retried on a death penalty case. And mm-hmm. I agree. Where are they going to find a jury for him? Seriously. I mean, who doesn't yeah. know about the Scott Peterson case? Like, geez. Yeah. Yep. It's a, it's a tough one. Cal, Cal Photography also said that they're in Alberta and they knew all about it. Yeah. I mean, surely it's traveled. I mean, I know it has because I have clients on the East Coast that when this first started happening were sending me links going, isn't this where you live? You know, yeah. so yeah, yeah, people have definitely been hearing about it. They have, they have. So it'll down to the pretty details, but but you know, not everybody watches the news. Not it, you know. I mean, we're obviously true crime junkies, and so we're paying close attention to these things. Not everybody is, but it's like mm-hmm. Scott Peter has already been convicted and given the death penalty. I mean, his case, yeah, that's going to mm-hmm. be a big challenge to find a. a an impartial jury. And yeah, Cranky says, what a huge. Yeah. Yeah. The worst. Um, absolutely. Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, that is the updates that we have for you tonight. We yeah. will. So I have to say, JR said, thanks to me, she's been drinking diet cherry limeades from Sonic. <laughs> I have been talking about my addiction to those, and that is the way oh, to my heart. <laughs> I know. Me too. Anyway, she said she has no idea why she hasn't heard of these before, but she is now addicted to. You are well, welcome. I'm glad yeah. because yeah, there I'm a huge fan as well. 
Yeah. Well, we will be back tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Mountain for mm-hmm. the Psychic Hour. It's the first uh, Thursday of the month. And so we will be doing uh, marching orders for all of yeah. you. Of course, we've already released our cases for the week. We had some really good ones. Guys, we did Jeffrey Dahmer. You got to go hear it. It was pretty yeah. good. I thought it was pretty great. It did. Also, if you didn't hear Katie's Jeffrey Dahmer joke earlier in the week, you're going to want to hear that as well. Yeah. You'll have to listen to our first episode for that yeah, one. For that one. But we've got some great cases this week, including our MMI case, uh, Shauna Evans. And, you know, don't miss those for sure. Yeah. You can always re- refer cases to us. If you would like us to cover something, go to truecrimeparanormalpodcast.com. And down at the bottom of the page, there's a form to fill out to send us a case. Don't get too frustrated with us if we don't do it right away. Because, yeah. guys, hundreds of you have requested cases. So mm-hmm. we are working on it. We're going to get to mm-hmm. you, we promise. So don't worry. We have a huge list that we yeah. keep. And we will definitely be sharing all of that. So thank you all yeah. for being here with us tonight, for being here in the live chat, and for listening after the fact. And you know it, we are True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. Have a great night. Bye, guys. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can always like and subscribe there as well. We also love comments and reviews. True Crime Paranormal is hosted by Katie Weaver and Christy Brower and produced by Christy Brower. True Crime Paranormal is a short girl productions podcast.